following is a presentation of You know what, man? I like this Gruden guy. He really knows how to coach, man. You know, he's going to run Jumbo Package, Jumbo Elliott. You know, man, that guy knows how to freaking coach. All right, guys. Here we go. It's 2018, Episode 1 of the Raiders Insider VIP Podcast. You had the sample clip where I broke that Jack Del Rio news. But it's official. We're going to be dropping a lot of bombs today. Of course... To uh, start the podcast off, I got TD God Tyler back for a season recap. And then another bomb I want to drop is uh, I want to give a shout out to Nick Jeltness. I hope I got that correct because it looks like the hardest last name in the world to pronounce. Nick, who uh, who's the owner at OnlyOneNation.com. Only, the number one, Nation.com. Pretty much the premier Raiders website if you ask me just join that team that's like uh when sting joined the nwo so there's gonna be plenty of bombs to drop on there just dropped off uh the first article which is uh john gruden's elephant package go check that shit out at uh only one the number one nation.com follow nick on twitter uh nick's uh let me see what's his handle right here nick where are you all right it's at nick n-i-c-k uh h-j-e-l-t-n E double S. Follow him. He's the owner of OnlyOneNation.com. And you guys can also follow Only One Nation at Only the Number One Nation underscore. That's going to be some major bombage dropping, too. And finally, today, it's the big day we've been waiting for. It's the motherfucking John Gruden press conference. That's at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern, probably 6 a.m. California time. But uh, that's going to be fucking gigantic. We got Raiders. Uh, I mean, we got Raiders insider reporter uh, Slim Five Hundred Three on the scene because he passed away, but his spirit's there in person. So he's gonna come to me in my dreams. Let me know exactly what went down. That inside shit. I'll break those bombs for you next week on the podcast. But I think we should get into the uh, major bombage with Tyler right now. For starters, I guess you know we had a uh, big news. Are you pro or are you anti John Gruden? Well, I was quite uh, anti-Dario at the end of it. Um, you could see the team just didn't play hard for him. Um, kind of almost felt like he knew he was leaving um, at the end of the year. It sounds like Mark Davis has been after Gruden since he since his father passed, really, and he's finally been able to lure him. Um, being born uh, in the 80s, kind of grew up watching Gruden, so... And just saw the good from him. Uh, our last good years have been when he was around. Uh, when he beat us in the Super Bowl, it all went downhill from there. But you don't think it's a little, you know, outrageous to give, you know, John Gruden that contract, and who knows what type of control after all this time? You know, wouldn't the sensible thing be to go after? You know some of the newer guys that are in the league, and that you know, like a like a, a McVay type, somebody like that. You know, a, a new offensive guru. Not the past is the past. And that's what scares you, and and the amount of money and the amount of years that uh, Davis is willing to put into Gruden uh, scares me quite a lot. But then I said, you know, Gruden's been around the game. He hasn't fully been out of it, like say someone like uh, Bill Coe. Or um, Tom Edwards, um, just you know, through the 
draft process. So, do you think uh, Gruden's going to be the end of McKenzie? He could be if they don't gel, and he's going to most likely give him a year. Um, they're bringing in someone else to help McKenzie along. Um, as me and you have broken down on Twitter, uh, his drafting hasn't been great, and it reflects in our depth. Um, but uh, he gets one year to prove himself. You know, I don't know who had the tweets today. I think it's this guy for PFF Austin or something. But he he was outlining uh, every time Derrick Henry, who went crazy today with like nine, 190 yards, and then Deion Jones, you know, both had stellar games. And those were the picks that were right after uh, Jihad Ward. And, he, you know, some of the things he outlined were, you know, Henry had 197 yards. That's more plays than Jihad Ward has had his whole career or something. It was just mind-boggling. Yeah, Jihad Ward could get Reggie McKenzie fired uh, just from that selection alone. But again, we don't know uh, if a co- one of the staff, uh, coaching staff, said to him, hey, look, I can take this guy and mold him. And Reggie liked, you know, some of his tapes. So those decisions are made, you know, by multiple people and you know if scouting was easy it would drafting uh you'd be replacing players every two to three years but it's it's uh unreal to think but um when it comes to henry it was against the 32nd ranked def- uh, run defense so i think people need to calm down that's true and you know just to touch on henry some more uh i had derrick henry on my fantasy team and i had him on the bench because you know he was essentially just uh, DeMarco Murray's backup, but you know the games where they did just let him have the ball, he did go off like crazy. You know this guy should be getting yeah. the ball a lot. Oh yeah, he's six three, two hundred and forty pounds, and runs four five. Like people aren't supposed to move that fast, that big, and you give the man the ball and he'll run through you. So yeah, Tennessee have uh, kind of lucked their way into the playoffs and. uh now they're finally realizing that uh, Henry can do things for them. But, you know, we could probably talk about uh, the draft and draft busts and upcoming guys. But, you know, we're really here just to talk about, I guess, the season, the recap, and, you know, this whole Del Rio thing. Um, you know, just give me your overall thoughts from, you know, early on in the season when we had that success against the Titans and the Jets. And then when we finally got to Washington and it looked like, you know, somebody cast the magic spell on us and we just completely disintegrated. Yeah, it was, we had so much hope for this season coming off 12 and four, you think, you know, the sky's the limit. And, you know, the, the games that we had, we looked really good and I thought we were going to, you know, uh, carry it on. And then as you said, Come that Washington game, uh, just uh, happens to be a coincidence or not, I don't know. But just when um, attacking the NFL players, our teams just decided to not play well anymore, and it just seemed. Oh, it's hard to explain. It you just... know, <laughs> there's a lot of rumors going on, or not rumors, but talk that it was. You know, the the team got divided when that whole knee thing took took place. But I think the NFL is a little bit more complicated than that. Do, do you think – and maybe my theory is 
you know, the Washington game was week four, that after three weeks, defensive coordinators kind of got the book on downing and they were like, okay, this this is what they're going to do. This is what they like to run. This is very simple. It's just, I think a lot of the season, a lot of the blame comes on either Del Rio, Downing, and then Kent Norn Jr., who was the first to go. Uh, you know, where do you, where do you put the blame on the coaching staff? Well, keep, keeping Ken Norton Jr. obviously was a mistake because the defense performed instantly better once he left. Um, I think he was good friends with Del Rio and the players liked him, but he wasn't really uh, an X and O guy when it comes to drawing up schemes and matchups. And and like you said, it could have been after four weeks, you know, um, coaches have taken on Noah's tendencies and know what they're doing and then just figured them out. Downing was in over his head. The play calling was horrible. Um, He was running plays that it it just – it seemed like he just went, um, this is everything this team is good at and we're going to try to do something else. It was a complete disaster. And I don't know what's more frustrating as a Raiders fan. When we go into seasons knowing that we're going to be bad, because there's been plenty of seasons where we say, "Okay, we're, we're you know we're still bad. We get it. If we win four or six games, you know, good for us." But when you have those expectations, you know, and there was a lot of us saying Super Bowl run, and it was realistic because we were twelve and four. We had a team, and when you have those type of expectations, and then you completely just hot, and then hit rock bottom so quickly i think that's even more disheartening for as a year yeah especially because on twitter especially about clapping at people you know you get this confidence um you start uh and you know firing the tweets off and then uh like that and they can all come back at you where you know we have a bad season where um a little bit more quieter and not firing those tweets off and they're not getting thrown in your face later on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did you lose any confidence in Derek Carr? I, th- I did a little, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I did. Whether it's after he broke his back or... There, there was... um was that killer instinct he, he had uh, the year before. Yeah, there was after let's say week ten, you know, later in the second, late in the second part of the season, there was just situations where you know I just cringe to seeing him go on the field, like that whole Eagles game uh, or the Cowboys game. I was just like, oh god, not another third and long. This is just going to be terrible. And all talking that he's going to be, he's just another Alex Smith. They were kind of right when they it was. Is just check down, check down King, and mom. It, it, he had no, uh, you know, pocket awareness. He couldn't manipulate the pocket. It, it made the offensive line look bad to a point. You know, where they did create a pocket for him, and then he would just be, you know, backpedaling so far that you know it was a pointless pocket because he would never want to step into it. It, it. it was just you know hard yeah. to watch. Yeah, I think he was injured before the start of the season and it's kind of just carried with him this whole season. Um, he's had some awful drops again. Uh, we thought he had to fix that problem again this season. Just everything that could go wrong went wrong. 
You know, it was like he had two games this year where, you know, they were big time games, but then there were just stretches where he disappeared. He made crucial drops. You know, he just wasn't real. He, clearly Carr lost even confidence in him where you saw a lot of targets going to Seth Roberts, who, you know, you can't even trust him at all. Yeah. Well, Seth Roberts, again, looks like a really bad extension. Um, everything that could go bad this season really went bad, didn't it? Um, to Crabtree giving up in the last game. To It, it all went wrong. It, it, Donald Pegg going down with injury. Uh, Osamele not looking like he did the year before. Um, Gabe Jackson giving up six and not being a bully in the run game anymore. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. What was your opinion on um, Marshawn Lynch this year? Well, he's he was the only bright spot of our offense to me. Uh, a lot of people talked about him being the problem. Um, I felt like as he he was being tackled in the backfield and would make ten yard gains instantly. Our O-line was terrible, and he would still make plays. I, I feel like I would even give him another year. I was, You know, he could even play that uh, Zach Crockett role if they want to limit his production and, you know, start getting the younger guys in there and play that, you know, strictly that goal line back. Yeah, so, you know, what do you think about maybe they said Del Rio might not bring Marshawn back. Do you think Rudin might have a spot for him? A lot of people have said, you know, uh, Marshawn took the touches out of uh, Rashad's and Washington's hands. Well, they obviously, the O-line wasn't giving any of them a chance at times. Um, I think there'll be a role for Marshawn. Um, It would be great for him to come back for one last year (laughs) because I honestly thought adding him would, take our team over the top as well on offense, but it went the absolute the other way. Um, I, I do think he can fit in with Gruden, though. He had Whaley. He, I think he can use Marshall. You know, it, it's, it just boggles my mind how you have Osemele, Penn, Hudson, and Jackson, and this team isn't, you know, top in, you know, top five in rushing. The most expensive O line in the country, and they definitely didn't look like it. As far as you know, the defense, I, I can never say anything bad about uh, Khalil Mack. You know, he does what he has to do, no matter what. But you, you know, what's going on on the, at that side of the ball? Where's Where's everyone else? Bruce Irving came on as of late, but you know what happened? It would have been interesting to see maybe if. Um, with the rumors coming in that uh, that name that comes up Gunther, yeah, Gunther. but um, uh, he's the leader of very good defenses, uh, uh Cincinnati, and get the best out of Mac. He got the best out of you know Carl Lawson, who was a rookie, um, Dunlap. Um, I feel like. We're getting a proper defensive coordinator for the first time, and I don't know how how long is uh, a step in the positive direction uh, because this team and defense has not been uh, in the same 
you can't even say defense and Raiders for the past how many years? And even then, it, it, it makes you think, who made the fucking decision to say, oh, let's give Ken Norton Jr. another shot? Like, you know, where in that meeting room was somebody just not like, no, that's not happening. He's getting fired this offseason. And I know we brought in Pagano, but we're not letting Ken Norton Jr. do anything. Yeah, I, I guess that's where the players loved him and he was friends with Del Rio. And then uh, it got to the point where Del Rio just had to sack him. But again, that's his job as a head coach and a lot of the failures this season can be put on him as well. You know, and credit to Pagano because a lot of us were ready to write off Sean Smith. Like we could not look at Sean Smith on the field under Kent Norton Jr. It was a big time liability. And then Pagano comes in and Sean Smith is, you know, a shutdown corner. And into Deion Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> but um shows that Norton was in over his head as well. I think he was loved by his players. Um Dario was probably scared to get rid of him because of the love the players had for him. Um but in the end as a head coach, you need to make that decision. Um you know a lot of his decisions were bad this year. And getting Musgrave getting fired, you can point to that as being just so crucial. Um, he obviously was a good coordinator because he was the the driving force behind this offense last year. And now it's we just have so many questions going into next year about this offense. Is Car going to be okay? Is our O line really worth all that money? Um, is it all? Is Crabtree going to stay? We had none of these questions coming into last year. Yeah, now, you know, now we have major questions. You know, they, they say Crabtree's gone. They say, Roberts is definitely gone. So, you know, Omari Cooper's got to take the lead. He's never had – I mean, he is a true number one. He gets a lot of coverage, you know, his way. But does he carry that load? You know, who comes on board next? You know, Del Rio really fell on his own sword. You know, it's, it was his responsibility to get coordinators that could help him succeed, and he failed, and, you know, that's what cost him his job. Yes. Yep. It's it's whatever it is with Del Rio. You know, it's hard to even talk about the season because it was such a wash. Um, I guess a few bright spots if you want to talk about them besides Lynch. You know, Hudson – he he always does his job. What do you think about Jared Cook? Jared Cook had his ups and downs. I think his um, season was average. Um, he started off uh, when he started off very well, um, and had some games where um, I thought, okay, that we can keep him. And then the next game, really horrible. Bay fans had the same up and down ebbs and flows with uh, Jared Cook. Did you um, see Hudson? Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Hudson. Hudson is just a constant performer. He's a consistent player over the last, since he signed with us, um, that side of the ball. Did you see anything from the two young running backs, Washington and Richard, that you liked, or are you still not confident in them? Um, I don't know if they. Um, Coming into the season, I thought one of them might be a number one back, but after this season, I I don't think I don't I'm not too sure that they could. How about as far as uh, 
the defense goes. Any of the young guys like Markel Lee or, you know, Hester did give you any hope? Um, Vanderdose, I thought he did. He obviously went through his rookie um, um, ups and downs. Um, he kind of started off and then uh, faded off. Um, Hester was so got to come in uh, with uh, less snaps uh, and he got to attack, uh, you know, tired linemen. So. But he showed showed up when he needed to. Uh, ups and downs. I don't, don't think he can be a starter. Um, he'll be a good backup. He shows uh, things, but I don't know if he's athletic enough to hang and played a lot better once he signed on. Um, obviously, he uh, injured, so so wait and see. And uh, overall, the defense was, again, frustrating. Um, was did really well, and then he got injured. Um, another one who has his ups and downs. Um, sometimes he looks like he's a top slot corner, and then other times he's just getting beat over and over. KJ, again, uh, our whole defense was up and down, up and down. No consistency, and that's what we need our new uh, defensive coordinator and head coach to bring in, is consistency on a week-to-week basis, because that's what the Raiders are suffering from. They don't have any consistency in their play. You know what I really loved? That uh, the first game... Uh, Obi Melifanwu played. They put him at cornerback against Tom Brady, and uh, apparently he was so shell shocked that he could never play football ever again. So he never saw another snap. I think he saw one more snap after that game, and then they just benched him and then put him on IR. Yeah, it's. I just feel like the staff was just throwing darts at dartboard. Um, Del Rio was supposed to be a defensive. Wizkid and all that kind of stuff, but as I never saw it really in Denver, I I, I didn't see it in Oakland, and um, it showed on the field. It, it makes you think, like what what did Del Rio do? You know, if if he didn't step in to make any adjustments for Ken Norn Jr., if he let Pagano call the show, if Todd Downing was responsible for the offense, you know, what was there to, to, to what was he really doing there? Yeah, well, that's the whole point, isn't it? It's kind of he was supposed to, you know, uh, be the leader of the defense, and it, it seemed to be all—I don't know—he was the defense was his forte, and it, it just was horrible. Um, it was horrible with um, Ken Orton Jr., and it was average with Pagano. Um, but it showed um, his defense in Denver. As soon as Wade Phillips showed up, it was ten times better. Um, it's shown every time he's been a <laughs> the leader of a defense. Um, except I think he might have been a part of that two thousand defense, uh, the Ravens. But uh, I don't know what he did and what he brought to this team, other than be the face of it, really. So uh, I got a comment and then two more questions for you. You know, you brought up Wade Phillips. It seems like Wade Phillips has been on every single team and he's made a defense really good. 
and then he somehow doesn't manage to stay on a team. He bounces around from team to team, but how come he's never come on our team? Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was the number one DC. Um, I would. I wish we had got her, let go of Norton and hired Wade Phillips because him with Kelly or Mac. Plain and simple. That would have been they, Norton and Pagano had Mac dropping in coverage. Like, have him go for that quarterback. <laughs> it's as uh, I've heard a great saying uh, is that. Uh, Football's simple. It's coaches that make it complex, you know? So stupid. So, look, here's a here's a question. Obviously, you saw the game today. You saw the season unfold. If you had to redo, redo the draft, I think, what, the 2013 draft with Mac and Clowney and Donald. I was watching Donald today, and, you know, it, it seemed like he was causing a pressure every single snap. You know, if not getting the sack, who do you take number one in that draft? If you have to redo it, 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 it depends, man. I, I I cannot say a bad word about Mac, and I would probably take Mac again just because of what he's done for our team. Um, and Aaron Donald is a fucking beast too, and I would ha- love to have him on our team any day of the week. But he does have Robert Quinn, Westbrook, a lot of D linemen around him to help him get to the quarterback he does it himself at times he does but as soon as he left uh, as soon as Brockers went out that second half Donald wasn't as dominant uh that's true you know what and and they just got ran through the the Falcons started running through them because Brockers wasn't too gapping or taking you know blockers off Donald and it started uh the game started turning and I, I actually value Michael Brockers quite a lot. Um, I think he's a real good player that people don't talk about. So, um, Michael Brockers was a, a top ten pick. Just um, you know, wash him aside. Like uh, he's not helping that D line uh, produce, but uh, I think he does. You know what's crazy is Mike Cleo Mack should have been on that field tonight with Aaron Donald. Yeah. Exactly. They could have had Donald and Mac and Quinn and Brockers. And I don't think any any quarterback would want to see that D-line. Who knows where Greg Robinson is nowadays because I have no idea. <laughs> I, I actually think he is on... I do not know. I thought he was on the Lions, but I, I think, he's, I think he's he's got, they cut him. I think the Lions cut him and then Washington picked him up. I think. I don't know. That's rough. That's rough. <laughs> okay. Then last question. I know it's early, but you definitely have your uh, projections out. Who are you taking at number nine or number 10 at this point? Uh, I've got a, a, a favorite three. Um, uh, between uh, Morris Hurst, a defensive lineman out of Mich- uh, Michigan, uh, just someone that can push that pocket. Um, strong all along the defensive line. Uh, great with his hands. Burst upfield. Uh, defensive lineman to put with Mac. Roquan Smith out of uh, Georgia. Linebacker. Just sideline to sideline. Can play the run, play the pass, rush the passer. 
He's got all of it. Uh, reminds me of Levante David out of Tampa Bay. And then there's uh, Minka Fitzpatrick from Alabama. So uh, he's a DB who can and Smith um, just play all over the field, play him at corner, play him at nickelback, play him at safety, strong safety. He's just one of those jack-of-all-trade players that – and he, he does it well. He, he doesn't um, – he's not a jack-of-all-trades master of none. He's very good at all facets of the game. He's got range. Um, Hit, but most likely Fitzpatrick will be gone by the time we pick. I like that. I do like that D line. I like Hurst. You know, I'll do anything just to revamp that D line and get pressure inside pressure. I think that would be game changer for us with the game changer we have at uh, at defensive end. But um, you know, we will have a lot of time to discuss that moving forward. Yeah. Well, to me, I, I would be mad if we drafted four defensive linemen with our first four picks you got to hit on one right yeah <laughs> exactly and the more bodies you have there the just send them all after the quarterback that's where the game is at now that's how you win the game in the trenches just line and d-line and i'll be happy <laughs> yeah and you know what if you're gonna draft these late linebackers you know these late round linebackers their gameplay will improve if the guys in front of them are causing havoc, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Simple. If you have yep, a, a D-line that's just wrecking everyone, the linebackers are free to roam, free to do whatever they want. So you, I, I feel like uh, the Raiders thought their D-line was great, so they just uh, just didn't pay attention to the that, that position, and uh, we suffered for it. Um, but Tyler, thanks for coming on, man. I hear your wife yelling at you in the background. I'll let you go. No, do your thing. <laughs> it's uh, good. It's great talking. to be back on the pod. Great to. All right, you guys heard it there with TD God Tyler. Follow him on Twitter, TD G A W D. Uh, once again, thank you to OnlyOneNation.com. Uh, putting me on the team. Articles will be out. We got the big John Gruden press conference today. Make sure you subscribe and five star rate the Twitter on the iTunes podcast app. You know, next bomb will be major. <laughs>